And you can live in the day. Well, this is going to be a nice and fast show with lots of info compressed within it. We are going to go over initiation now, the section covering road of trials along our journey, the meeting with the goddess, which is um, metaphorical for uh, meeting allies along our journey in our network. And we've talked about that on the show a little bit. Uh, women as temptress, which is metaphorical for um, Homer's uh, Odyssey has sirens in it. Sirens are like a call to a stray, uh, to stray off the quest. I see it. That's exactly what it says here. Stray from the quest with a, tempt, a temptation of some sort, which is, that's a good one. The next is atonement with the father. We've talked about that before a little bit from here and there. Hero confronts the reason for his journey, facing his doubts and fears. This is an odd one. Um, a lot of us kind of have issues with our parents and stuff, and that's why the father is kind of uh, mentioned here. So it's, 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 in a sense, a part of our journey where we revisit who we once were. Of remembering why we're on this journey in the first place. Yeah. 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 Facing his doubts and fears and the powers that rule his life. And the powers that rule our life is limiting belief based on the past and as if the past indicates future performance, essentially. Apotheosis is next after that as a reason. As a result of this confrontation, the hero gains a profound understanding of their purpose or skill. Armed with this new ability, the hero prepares for the most typical part of the adventure. I like that. The ultimate boon, the hero achieves the goal he set out to accomplish, fulfilling the call that inspired the journey in the first place. And then the return is after that. All right, so the initiation section, I feel like we can all identify with the entire section, and we, we uh, usually don't repeat this moment-to-moment -moment in uh, mundane day-to-day -day tasks. So let's talk about this bigger picture on the adventure. Uh, the road to trials. The hero must go through a series of tests and or ordeals to begin his transformation. Often the hero fails at least one of these tests, right? Very common. Um, starting a company within a partnership, starting a, a business by yourself is usually, uh, it's not, the, it's usually not the right business. It's usually not the right partner. Um, the first thing that we do on the, uh, the journey of the hero is just kind of practice. It's, um, feeling out what's going on and we, we usually get it wrong, right? Because the first thing we usually do is not perfect. It's not really bound to succeed. It's, it's really the road to success is kind of paved on mistakes and hardships. And that's where, that's where we eventually all find ourselves is uh, falling off the path by just not, not succeeding in forward momentum or what we think is forward momentum, right? So this show talks a lot about that section. 
Okay. So if you go back 30 episodes, it's really the road of trials. It's really this section of the hero going through challenges and thinking that they're failing. But the key result is we're not failing as we know of ultimate failure. What we're doing is we're temporarily confronting an obstacle or setback. If we, if we let that obstacle or setback um, force us to pivot, then, then yeah, well, that journey will have to, have to change. But if we treat it like just an obstacle on a long journey that we want to be on for a long time, then um, it's easier to take the burden. It's easier to handle the burden. The meeting with the goddess is when the hero meets one or more allies who pick him up and help him continue his journey. So that's essential. After um, we actually decide that we're in this for the long term and we do push forward through obstacles, you know, if we've networked or if we're just starting to kind of connect with people um, in the same field, that's one of the easiest ways to push over that boulder on the path and, and keep going. It's with the help of someone else. The meaning of the goddess, I think that that is really mythological for um, divine intervention. The goddess would be the feminine as uh, the good witch. That which has the ability to kind of lighten the load, so to speak. And, and we talk about that a lot on this show in, in terms of networking, meeting friends, making con you know valuable connections with people. And, and it's also um, mentors, but it's not so much like guru um, type of person. It's, it's, for example, for me, it wasn't my guru who fits into this stage, but it's, it's other monks um, who are closer to my age are closer to my field of work that really when things get going tough in the field, in the moment, that's when they're there, you can talk with them and they can give you that quick boost to kind of help you keep going. Um, so it's not so, it's not so, so um, final, but it's like, sometimes we just need a motivator and, and an inspirer to keep us going. And as you develop yourself, you're more likely to meet people at a similar level than you or even higher. Uh, because once you're just dying out, at, let's say the base of the mountain, there's a lot of people at that level as well. But as you start ascending up that mountain, there are less and less people uh, at that stage. And they also think differently. But because they think differently, you're more likely to connect with them as well at that point. Whereas you may have not connected with them when you were lower down on that, on that path. Yeah. I think that makes sense, right? Yeah, it makes sense. And one thing you want to do is not, not mistake um, mentors for just, just allies. Mm -hmm. um, That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. At yeah. The same stage as you. So yeah, as you base, continue climbing that mountain, then you'll connect yeah. with people who are at a similar level. Yeah. In the beginning, everyone is like a mentor. Everyone who's done what you're trying to do at a better level is like a mentor. But really, you can kind of get to their level faster than you think. And then really, they become an ally. And you want to make sure from the beginning, if you're dealing with a mentor or you're dealing with an, a potential ally and someone that can just um, help out 
once you get closer to their stage, because uh, these are the kind of people who haven't yet finished themselves, but they've gotten a few steps ahead of you. Um, so you can kind of give it a few months and then ping ideas off them and get stories from them, but, but they're not necessarily finished with their journey, so to speak. I think these are the allies that we're, we're trying to, trying to express through the meeting with the goddess section, which is pretty basic, right? It's, it's, it's not, maybe it's, it's, it's um, complicated for someone who thinks that they need to do this by themselves. And for everyone out there, who's especially in entrepreneurship, look like banks can be allies, <clears throat> loan agencies, um, um, brokers who help with deals. All these people can be allies. A bank can, can, you can leverage a loan to, to make an investment work, you know, or try to work, right? Um, all, those, all those things are allies on the path, in my opinion. It's not necessarily a human. It could be an organization, an institution. Um, it could be a, a commodity. It could be a tool, technique. Um, it's, it's, it's when we start to use resources that kind of help us along the journey. And I think that's probably foundational uh, in, in everyone's success and getting past this previous section of the road of trials. Okay, so everything's One going good. What's that? One more point. Go. So it also says allies who pick him up and help him continue his journey. So again, when you're just starting out, people who you think may be allies, quote unquote, as you progress, they may start to be people who are dragging you back into bad habits. So your allies won't always be the same allies and you'll be yeah, meeting new ones as you're progressing. Yeah. Yeah. Do I need to give an example or did that make sense? Well, sometimes you um, supersede your allies and then they become the ones that are struggling and maybe they look at you differently now. It happens all the time. People try things, it doesn't work, and then they project those insecurities. Oh, so you can't do that, right? I, I, tr I tried that last year, didn't work. So, so that's, at that's that not point, your ally. But yeah, I was going to say the same. At that point, it's no longer it's your ally. It's not your ally. Um, because you could then use their insecurity for motivation for your own validation, meaning... You know, oh, this person kind of agrees with my self-doubt. So I think I'll align with them. I'll, I'll, I'll accept failure because it kind of, it's something that validates my insecurity. And even if it's failure, it still feels better than being alone. Even if we identify with something that's depressing and sad, um, as long as we're not the only one feeling that, we can, we can go along with it, Right. Swimming upstream, whether that's feeling good or feeling bad, is difficult if we're, if we're by ourselves, right? If we're going against the trend. But if the trend is going down and, and, and it's failure, it's easier to go along with that, um, even if that's not what we wanted. It's, it's, it's easy to follow that trend. So those aren't the allies. Um, that doesn't mean the ally is necessarily successful, but they're not talking about like the opposite. They're not talking about failure. 
they're talking about like, all right, so we've got some setbacks. Fine. This is when we, this is how I'm going to move forward. This is how we can possibly move forward, et cetera, et cetera. If you had a business partner that was totally misaligned with what you were thinking, that's not, that's not good. It's not good to lie and say that you're, everything's gravy and good, but, um, Everyone should sort of be on the same page if they're going if they're going to be an ally, I guess you could say. Yeah, Woman as temptress. All right, the hero is tempted to abandon or stray from his quest, his or her quest. Traditionally, this temptation is a love interest, but it can manifest itself in other forms as well, including fame or wealth. Yeah, I mean, so to take out the metaphor. Instead of instead of um, spearheading a company or an idea as an innovative um, CEO or something, through and go through five to ten years of of trials, uh, you could sell. Someone could come and say, "I like your idea. I'll buy it for um, a fraction of of what it's worth because you're struggling, and I'll capitalize on your your difficulty, and um, I'll take over the company." And what you thought was like a half a million dollar idea, uh, they'll give you 100,000 or 85,000. And maybe you keep 50 after lawyer fees and all that, right? But you get out, it's, it's quick 50 and you can survive another year and then move on. That would definitely be um, uh, a woman as temptress or that which uh, supports your abandonment of the, of the journey. The show Silicon Valley on, um, I forgot, I think it's HBO or something. It really uh, goes, it, that's like the key um, impetus of the show in the beginning. It's just these this group of, of coders that make this uh, compression software, basically. It's a comedy, the show. It's, it's an amazing comedy. And... Uh, he, this guy who makes it works for a big software company, but he makes the uh, compression software on his own time just for fun. CEO finds out after all these kind of experiences and situations and the CEO says, I'll give you, um, I'll give you $200,000 right now for this, this compression software that I heard you made. Um, you know, I've seen the prototype looks okay. 200 grand right here. Now, if you sign it over to me. And so he's got like his friend standing there, like his ally and, uh, the CEOs, um, you know, like the second, second in line to the CEO is standing there and it's kind of intimidating. And it's a pretty great offer for someone who just kind of works a nine to five, 200 grand. I mean, you can do a lot with that. You can maybe, start another project that you're interested in and be done with all this, this other project. And he says, no, no, I, I don't think so. Um, I think I have something more valuable than $200,000. And the CEO uh, who knows that uh, the compression software that he made is really impressive. He says, I'll give you $2 million right now. He goes from $200,000 to $2 million. He says $2 million, you give me complete ownership. And I'll let you work. You, you can still work for the company. You'll spearhead the department. Um, but, but, but the company continues to own 
what you've just made out of the office. Two million. Now it's like, oh my God, two million. Like, okay, so that's even easier to take. It's even more tempting. Um, but if obviously, if you step back, uh, if someone goes from two hundred thousand to two million dollars, what do you think the thing is really worth? Like, what do you, what do you, what do you, how much are you leaving on the table then? And the reality is, you know, this is a, a potential billion dollar idea at the time. And so he doesn't take it. And thus the show begins as a series of road of trials, allies, um, other companies and trying to steal or outbid the 2 million and other investors trying to take pieces of the company, et cetera, et cetera. It's an amazing show, but it, it goes along with this. The foundation of it is this temptation to sell early. And essentially, um, you sell for profit, but in the end, you would be morally selling for a loss because, you know, in reality, he, he didn't do it for the money. He did it because it was his idea and, and he wanted to see it through to the end, but he'd be kind of passing it off to someone else. Atonement with the father is uh, when the hero confronts the reason for his journey, facing his doubts and fears and the powers that rule his life. This is a major turning point in the story. Every prior step brought the hero here and every step forward stems from this moment, right? So it's our past facing us. Um, it's our identity crisis. This is big in relationships, I think is a good example for the journey of relationships is when we're constantly confronted with why am I in this relationship? Because if we've been in a marriage or something for 10 years, or we've been at a company or something for 10 years, or we've been in a friendship for 10 years, uh, and a fight comes up, or a problem, a conflict arises, we start to then question, oh, wait, why am I? Um, why am I doing this? And really, it's <clears throat> over time, we kind of forget where we started, why we started doing something. And it kind of goes back and I like how temptress is right underneath this. It goes back and forth between being tempted to escape and abandon or face who we are now versus who we were and uh, realize that we are changing. It's okay to change. Uh, it's okay to be a different person. It's okay to learn that only recently. And uh, that's what I deal with a lot in client work with in relationships. It's, it's people that, um, or people who are not in relationships, but struggle to um, outperform their former selves as, as high company people or something. Um, the famous uh, trader, Mark Douglas, used to say that um, it's a limiting belief to not exceed past what we've ever succeeded before, how we've ever succeeded, and, and a limiting belief to, to not make more than we've ever made before because of our past income. So we have to confront that eventually, and um, it's sort of equal to a road of trial. It's another, it's another obstacle that we must face is really the return to who we were, who our community is and who we, what community we came from, where we were born, things like that. The class that we come from, especially if we're changing that class or status. 
And the atonement with the father goes back to this paternal, original, or source type of feeling and, uh, and reality of, of the, the, the identity that we have now. Where did it come from? Where did it stem from? And um, have we been able to stay current with the change that is taking place? Atonement is interesting. I think it, it, it kind of implies that we're naturally scarred from our journey. We're naturally kind of cut um, and bruised and traumatized. And we need to kind of return to that and forgive, um, heal, and uh, resolve past issues before moving on. And I think that's, that's good. That, that's true, I would say. Um, and I think it's part of the overall death and rebirth of, of this journey that we're on. And specifically with the dark night of the soul, which is a massive identity crisis that we've covered before. One big one is in relationships when we have the atonement with the father step, you know, we've, we've kind of gone through all these stages in a, a long-term relationship and, um, uh, some conflict arises that maybe triggers the reality that we've become like one of our parents. And that's a tough one. So uh, that would be resolution with who our parents were. And the fact that we may have some of the same character traits. And that if we don't want them, all we have to do is be aware of them. And then kind of use observation to, to, Say, okay, my mother was angry. My father used to do this, you know, um, but I'm not going to do that or I'm going to cut this trade off. You know, I've had to work with people with anger issues, for example. And the atonement with the father in this stage is, is a, being aware of the problem and then facing it head on and say, yes, this was exact. This is behavior that is mirroring my father 100%. And then that awareness uh, really helps with resolution um, going the other way going backwards I mean, is would be lying. Oh, I'll never turn out like that. I could, that couldn't happen. Uh, I'm not like that. The way I do it is a little differently. It's a little softer. These situations, they're not exactly like that, right? That's language that is lying to oneself and to others to not seek resolution with what happened because Really, in the end, in order to realize that you have some of these negative character traits, you have to accept that you could be part monster. You could be part evil and, and devastating in a way, just like your, you know, your greatest enemies are. I think that's a Peterson's most uh, profound point: is that we can all be, but we can all be the very thing that we want to uh, hate but it could be us all along. So observation and, and honesty and awareness really help resolve <clears throat> that stage. I can go on unless Rokas, you have a. When I first read it, I saw it from a simpler perspective. So a lot of people, when they want to change something about their lives, improve something, they'll, maybe rely on motivation at first. So you're pumped up, you're ready to go. You're doing this thing for a few weeks. And then 
different temptations come up to stray off the path. And then you also get the doubts of why did I start this journey in the first place? Like, why am I doing this? So the atonement with the father part. And if it was only motivation that got you to this stage, then maybe you'll just end up going back to your previous habits because there needs to be something bigger guiding you. So it, this is like the point of the breaking point of do you continue along this journey or are you going to go back to how you are? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. This is the point where you could definitely reverse and actually go backwards because we can't resolve um, the reality that's confronting us. Maybe we don't have the right reason, like you said. And then we get sent back down kind of to the beginning where we accepted the journey or declined it. And we may, you know, each one of these stages is like another chance to go back to stage two, to go back to the acceptance or the declining of the journey, the adventure. This one, the atonement with the father to me is really like, it's the great reflection in the pond scene in mythology when we see that the reflection in the pond and we see ourselves and, and it, it's actually we start to see the father we start to see who we really are or who we're we're, we're starting to become and the hero kind of um, there's a splash or a ripple in the water and all of a sudden it's us again and it's like we're looking into our souls kind of like that reminded me of the previous podcast logo that we briefly Oh, had. yeah, that's <laughs> right. That's right. A great logo. I guess it's for another time. Apotheosis. That's a big word. As a result of this confrontation, the hero gains a profound understanding of their purpose or skill. Armed with this new ability, the hero prepare, prepares for the most difficult part of the adventure. And, of course, they're talking about the summit. Um, for any journey, once we get actually closely to the top and to, to getting to where we want to be, it's it's most difficult. Apotheosis. I need to like kind of look up that word. I don't know what that word means, but um, the the hero gains a profound understanding of their purpose or skill. I mean, also identity to me fits in there. Your identity is full full bore in front of you. You've aligned with it, and you're ready to face. The next stage, as um, as someone who knows who they are. <laughs> so the funny part is about um, when you take on difficult tasks, projects, things like that, we're faced with this all the time. Um, the rediscovery of, of our identity and who we are, it happens all the time in, a, in an incredibly difficult task especially with trading, with stock trading happens all the time, you know, Oh, can I really do this? You know, am I really meant for this? Um, so we want to eventually get numb to fluctuations and, and, and remember like, Oh yeah, I can do this. I am meant for this. Like one day is not one month. One month is not one year. Our mind loses perspective of time. And uh, we often will, go down a mental um, descent into a pit of despair just after 
you know, a short amount of time, but really it hasn't been that long, but the mind makes it feel like it's an enduring eternity almost. So um, we're coming up against this nine and 10 stage all the time, back and forth, back and forth. Identity, re-identity, identity, crisis, identity, and, and we go back and forth. Um, the less we can do that, the, the, the better. But eventually, when we do want to do something new and push past where we've been um, before, this will come up again, pretty much. And the last one, the ultimate boon, the last one of this, this the initiation trials, uh, the hero achieves the goal he set out to accomplish, fulfilling the call that inspired his journey in the first place. So that's surprisingly not the end, right? Um, You've reached the summit and now you need to get back down. Yeah, you need to, just because we get what, we, uh, what we've been shooting for, it's not the end. That's kind of the trick to all of this. We still have the return or... Uh, you know, the return refusal of the return. Ooh. Yeah. Can you believe that? Another way to become, become, uh, to go astray is to think that we succeeded and that we're done, but, but yet we, we actually get worse, right? There goes the fame, wealth, ego, all that stuff comes in. And maybe we actually, um, make, make everything worse. <laughs> yeah. The refusal of the return, the magic flight, rescue from, well so there's a lot more to that and um, i have a baby crying in the background um so but we can end it there